Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Episode 193, The Importance of Accountability and Finding Your People. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And happy last day of the year, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. Otherwise... Happy New Year! (laughs) Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. We're at that threshold. Yes. So whether you're listening to this in 2021 or 2022, we want to start off this year with a really important conversation that I don't think a lot of financial podcasts talk about because it's kind of like finance adjacent. And that's accountability groups and partnership and really community as a whole and the role it plays in your finances. We love to talk about goal setting and changes we're going to make in the new year, but we don't often consider what are the specific ways that I'm going to be able to stick to those. And accountability groups, partners, people who are in your corner is so, so important for that. So this is Oh, we hope going to be so beneficial for all of you, whether you've got financial goals or otherwise heading into the new year, this is relevant. Absolutely. If you have New Year's resolutions, you definitely want to stick around for this entire episode. But first, our sponsors. The Financial Freedom Mentorship. Ah! How amazing does this sound? Club BFS has rebranded to the Financial Freedom Mentorship. We've still got alliteration in there. It's just more congruent with what's actually happening over there. So it's a mentorship program where we will be with you on your journey from wherever you are starting to your first six figures of net worth. In this group, you will get multiple Q&As and trainings with us, Jen and Jill, and guest experts every month, as well as a space to create accountability groups where you can support each other while doing super fun challenges. If you feel like you need support in this extremely foundational part of your financial journey, then check out the mentorship at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash FFM right now to learn more because doors close on January 2nd. Yes, we hope to see 
everybody in there. We have so many great things coming to you this year in that program. And it's going to make reaching a six-figure net worth a lot more fun and manageable and not feel so alone. So this episode is also brought to you by making friends in your 30s. Making friends in your 20s is much easier than your 30s. And if you don't believe me, then you're still in your 20s. It's hard when your college friends have moved away or have too many kids and your coworkers or fellow moms aren't on the same path as you. There comes a point in your life where you have to stop trying to be cool and start asking the hard questions like, will you be my close friend? Making friends in your 30s. Acquaintances are everywhere, but you need real friends. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah, right? Beautiful. That sticks. Accurate. Painful in some ways. (laughs) Vulnerable. (laughs) I I know we have a lot of listeners in their like 40s and 50s and even 60s. And I I can hear them in my mind like saying, yeah, wait till you're my age. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to understand this concept early and be intentional in creating community that's right for the season that you're in. Because... All friends are great, but some friends are here for a season. And some relationships aren't just for fun. Some relationships are meant to still be fun, but are meant to make you a better person. And sometimes we have to be intentional in creating relationships around a shared goal. And so that is the heart behind what we are talking about. Today. Mm, good segue, Jen. And when you do mm-hmm. find a really good friend that you want to stick around for a long, long time, start a podcast with them. And if you get nothing else out of this episode, that's the real yeah. nugget that we want you to take away. Yeah. So then they have to stick around. You have to talk mm-hmm. with them weekly. It's like built in accountability. Yes. Yeah, that's decision. That's it. I really I really don't think that's a bad idea <laughs> honestly. I think you could like host like a 15 minute podcast every week with your like accountability check-ins and I think people would get value out of that no matter who you are. So that's just my so that's opinion. a side note, yeah. A little side right. hustle tip. Yes. So the first article that we have today is from mission.org and it's by David Burkus. It's you are not the average of the five people you surround yourself with. What do you think of this one, Jill? Ooh, controversial. Super interesting. Of course, they go on to explain that the reason that you're not just the sum of the five people is because you're. it's more than that. You are actually the sum of the friends of those five people and the friends of friends of those five people. So really cool, unique perspective brought here, which is definitely relevant to what we're talking about when it comes to accountability and getting at certain goals and achieving the things that we want to achieve in our lives. And really interesting research that they reference to support what they're saying here. Mm -hmm. I found this article a while ago when I was writing the second edition of No Spend Challenge Guide, which is out now. And I found it so interesting. We talked about it in our live trainings. And I'm so glad we're finally getting to talk about it on the show because it was it was a shocking, like the studies that he is referencing are, there's multiple ones and they're really interesting because we've 
probably all heard the quote, like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that's attributed to Jim Rohn. And then there's also a variation. This is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But to find out that it's not just the people around you, but it's actually the people around them too, it was shocking, but it made a lot of sense because I see people on my newsfeed on Facebook. I see what they share. I, I see friends of friends like on there. And I see that on Instagram as well. I see who they share. And I am affected in some small way by those people as well. And even if they don't know them, if they are, you know, influencers or celebrities that my friends follow or admire and share, I am affected by those people as well. So the more friends I have that are into reality TV, the more I'll be into it and stuff like that. So it's just super interesting. Yes. And so they talk about the research that they're talking about here. There's There was a major study done on this breadth of social influence that we're talking about here, where two people, Christakis and Fowler, examined a data set from the Framingham Heart Study. So it turns out, and this is this is accurate for a lot of research studies, is that it often they might be studying one thing in particular, but the data that they collect can be useful in studying other types of correlations. So because this Framingham Heart Study was conducted over such a long period of time and so much data was collected on a variety of things, these two individuals were able to utilize that data set to look at things outside of what the initial study was even looking at originally, which was hearts. It was a heart study. But again, so much data was collected on that. And what they were finding was one thing that they cite is smoking, how you are more likely to smoke or think that smoking is an all right, acceptable norm to participate in if not just your friends smoke, but if the friends of their friends smoke. It, it, they, something about it, it increases likelihood by 10 to 20%. Yeah. So they found that if your friend smokes, then you're 61% more likely to be a smoker, which obviously makes sense. But they found even if your friend doesn't smoke and their friend smokes, there's still a 29% more likelihood that you, I'm not like talking to to you specifically, but a subject would be a smoker. And so the last one is if it's a friend of a friend, the likelihood is 11% more. And so they did the same study on happiness too. The researchers found that obviously happy friends make you happier, but if your friend of a friend of a friend is happy with their life, then the subject, you have a 6% greater likelihood of being happy yourself. And so 6% doesn't seem like a lot, but it says considering that other studies suggest if uh, if I gave you a $10,000 raise, that would only trigger about a 2% increase in happiness, <laughs> that 6% seems significant. It's true. <laughs> 
Wow. I, yeah. So I, I like how they reference it can go both ways, right? Whether beneficial influence or non-beneficial influence as far as, you know, maybe mm-hmm. overall health goes, it this can be accurate. And so while I don't want to set up a whole here's how you should live your life, cut out everybody whose friends of friends of friends are making bad decisions. But it is worth looking at the larger community that you're involved in, that it isn't just those in your immediate network that bear influence on you. It's a much wider network than even that. So I think so much can be taken from this and just our understanding of how do we engage in the world around us? What leads to the decisions that we make? Again, whether bad beneficial or not beneficial. And I think in some ways too, there's a flip side to this to recognize the influence that we are having on people can be a motivator for the decisions and intentionality that we are experiencing in our life to know I'm not just affecting those in my immediate circle. I'm affecting their friends of friends of friends, right? It goes both directions. So I think it's a really interesting study from multiple perspectives. Yeah. So I was interested in why this happens. And so the author of this article said that it appears to be that the researchers said it appears to be norms. Uh, So if your friend is a smoker or a friend of a friend is a smoker, that changes your perception of what is acceptable to be part of the greater community. So I think back uh, on like uh, caveman times and I, and one of our like core needs is to be part of the larger group to protect ourselves. And so we're going to do the least amount we need to do in order to be accepted by the group at large. That's kind of like our primal instinct. And so if we can, if we have a bad habit and we can still be accepted by the group, even if that group doesn't share the habit, then we won't have any motivation to change the habit. And so this one talks a lot about like smoking and happiness, but we can kind of translate that to like overconsumption. So if we are uh, shopping every weekend, if we are impulse buying all the time online, you name it, uh, whatever you believe is your limiting habit. If you can do that and still be accepted by your group, then you have really no immediate motivation to change. Mm. And so that's why I think this is super interesting Mm -hmm. because we don't often think about our like caveman instincts that's a there's a better word for that i know primal <laughs> yeah primal I, like instincts. The, I like the primal okay <laughs> yeah belonging and and how we mm-hmm. seek for that and what are our motivating factors and how does our community help or inhibit the things that we actually want to see in our lives i like the questions that they ask within this article of you know where do you sit inside of the larger network of your social community and you know i'm not saying take a deep creepy dive into everybody's social media to see like who are their friends of friends of friends. 
But I think too, it could, it could mean even just changing or adding one person in your life who is healthy and aimed at similar, at least aimed at health, aimed at similar goals. Mm -hmm. You're not just being influenced by that one person, but whoever their network is. And if they are in a beneficial place, chances are they're also surrounded by others who are aimed at health and well-being. And so even making small changes or additions to our community can mean an astronomical impact on you know, what we're choosing with our lives. Absolutely. So, and the the last thing I'll say about this one is that I actually went and tried to read the original study and it is long and I do not recommend you trying the same. But I think, so even more than this article, the study actually focuses on the people's efforts to quit smoking. So not just them being a smokers, but like how many people do you kind of need around you in order to like quit smoking? And it was the same. I don't remember the numbers, but it was the same. They saw the same thing. So if people around them were trying to quit smoking, they quit much faster and much earlier than if the people around them weren't trying to quit smoking, even amidst all of the media online that was trying to frame smoking as unhealthy. Because remember, like, then I can't remember is the 90s or 2000s. I don't, I don't remember. But there was so much on the, the internet and the TV and the radio about how smoking is bad and you should stop. So everybody was hearing this, but it was the people who were surrounded by other people who were quitting, those are the ones that were most likely and that was far more powerful than just hearing the information. Oh, so, so take that too. It's not that you may need more information to mm. work better, but you need like more people in your life doing the actions in order to get better. Mm. Amazing, Jen. Yeah, I don't have anything to add other than yes, that's a takeaway <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Doesn't have much to do with how much more you read or see propaganda about the thing. You need people in your corner supporting. Gosh, if that's not a reason for accountability. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Absolutely. Uh, Our next article is a perfect segue into that, is uh, from Inc. And it is five steps to an effective accountability partnership and two things to never do. And so I think this can be really relevant if you're going into a relationship to just be accountability partners. And I think that's totally fine. I don't think your best friend's need to be your accountability partners. I don't think that they're your core group can be everything for you. Sometimes in a season, we need relationships for a singular purpose, and that's okay, and that's healthy. You have permission to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these can be for those you know, intentional relationships, but it can also just be a gauge for relationships in general. Mm, nice. Yeah, with this article, I like how they delineate between some of the differences as it relates to the types of accountability relationships we might find ourselves in. So I just want to do a quick run through that before we talk about the five tips. They mention partnerships, coaches, and groups. And so some differences for each one of these that might be m- more or less helpful depending on where you're at. So they they suggest that partnerships are most helpful when you have a very specific goal in mind and you are very clear on what needs to be done to reach that goal. So partnerships meaning just you and another person, right? That That is a, a partnership, just two people <laughs> versus having a coach. So you could have an accountability coach, which there's not necessarily reciprocity with that accountability. The coach is kind of just tracking you and your progress. A coach could provide increased consistency, right? A partnership or a group might have um, more chances of not sticking with it or canceling last minute meetings versus a coach who you're probably paying them to be a coach to you. And Mm -hmm. so there's more, more increased consistency probably. And coaches typically provide resources to you, whether it's books or charts or templates or whatever, right? There's something that you're paying them for. It's their expertise and their resources. But again, it's not reciprocal. 
And then you've got groups, which is, as it sounds, more people, you and let's say two or three other people. And the article recommends that this is really great for people who might be in a similar stage or community or with aligned goals. You're all kind of aiming at something similar. So let's say you might have an accountability group around fitness or an accountability group around finances, you name it, but that would be a really good, useful space for a group if you've got a similar topic that you want accountability on. Yeah. I I know a lot of financial coaches and they are definitely not cheap. They're more affordable than financial advisors. (laughs) They do different things. And yeah, I think having Honestly, I think having that reciprocity is super important to the journey mm-hmm. because I, when I started my blog while I was paying off debt, it was that like feeling that I was giving back that kept me motivated and wanted to, it made me want to do more so that I could give back more. And for me, that was super important. So I'm sure I'm not alone in that. And that I wasn't even getting anything out of it. I just wanted to like help more people with what I had learned. And so I think that reciprocity in relationships, in in partnerships, is super valuable. You are not just there to take. You are not entitled, but you are there to give Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that there's space for coaches and there's times in our lives when we, when we want an expert, you know, helping us through that process. But Mm -hmm. for me personally, I do better when there is that back and forth and there doesn't feel like this hierarchy. Because of course, even when you're in partnerships or groups, there's somebody who has done well in one area, but might need help in another. And you might do really well in one area, but need help in another. And so, yeah, there's that (laughs) reciprocity again. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. All right. So let's go through all five of these steps to ensuring successful accountability relationships. The first one is know what you need. Accountability has to be tied to specific outcomes. We can't reach our destination if we don't know where we are going. So for us, we focus on the financial accountability aspect. So we we all want to get to a certain place in our finances, but even then different people are at different parts of the journey. And you can still have a successful accountability relationship with someone who uh, is on a different place, whether it is beyond or behind you. You can still benefit from having that external sounding board, that third party. Um, I mean, Jill, we were just having a conversation before we recorded where you were like being like the sounding board and the, you know, third party between me and my head. You were the third party. Uh, (laughs) In this partnership, sometimes there's a third party. (laughs) So like that's so healthy, like to have somebody hearing our thoughts who's outside of our head, Mm -hmm. like that in itself is just healthy. Yeah. So you have to, but you first you have to know your financial goals before you get into because they need to know what your you know what your true north is what your deeper yes is Mm -hmm. so they can be like an accurate sounding board right because otherwise you could just end up adopting somebody else's 
goals or ideas mm-hmm. on what's important to be focusing on next. So that is really something that has to come from inside of you. It doesn't mean that there's not room for tweaking, making it more realistic, you name it, but you have to know what area do I really need to focus in on? How do I want that to look? And then get into accountability with somebody or a group of people. The second tip on here is to make it a priority. We all know this, but implementation can be tough. But I really love what they're highlighting here that when you're in an accountability relationship, again, it's a two-way street. So it is not just about you. And so it's really important to establish and honor the structure of what that accountability relationship is looking like. Even if you're in a group, if one member is not making it a priority, the entire group is going to feel it. And that's not to bring shame on anybody who just might not be able to make the commitment, but then we have to be realistic about that of, can we make this mm-hmm. commitment? Or maybe is, is is this not where my priorities are? And I don't need to be a part of this accountability partnership or group right now. So making it a priority. I will add on to this, just a little activity that can help in identifying priorities. I'm sure many people are familiar with this exercise where you get a container and then gather up some big rocks, like I would say three to five large rocks, some smaller pebbles and water. And consider what you want each of those elements to represent. What do you have currently in your life? What are the big rocks? It may not be accurate, but you might want to identify right now, actually, the big rocks in my life are family, my relationship with so-and-so, this goal, you name it. And then what are the pebbles? What are the lesser uh, priorities in my life? And then what gets filled in around it, which would be the water. And keeping that out as a visual representation and even the list of what did you identify were the big rocks, those go into the container first. What were the pebbles that fill in the container around it? And then the water being the least priority, right? And if all the water doesn't fit, then okay, it can flow over the side and be gone. And having this as a visual reminder can help when we're talking about priorities. So that's just my little side tip exercise for identifying what are your priorities right now and how can we stick with them with some visual reminders. I love that. That's cute. I've never heard of that before. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So the third one is to use a custom tracking system. So for this author, for their own accountability partnerships and for their clients, they have established their own like daily worksheet, weekly worksheet, and quarterly goal-setting worksheet. I don't necessarily think you have to develop your own systems and worksheets, but what you can do is you can get them and you can track them. Customize the tracking words. So I am a huge proponent of always customizing your financial goals, your financial journey, everything you do, because when you customize it, when you take the initiative to do something different and do it intentionally for an intentional reason, you're more likely to stick with it versus if you're just doing somebody else's plan that they've laid out and you can't do it to their standards, so you give up. So huge proponent of of whatever you can customize, 
customize it as long as you're customizing it in a way that leads to growth. Mm -hmm. And that's that classic, do what works for you. There is freedom Mm -hmm. in this process, but with the goal of growth and reaching goals that we set for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of glossed over the tracking system part of this one, but it is super important to have a way to track your progress. And if you are sharing a tracking system with your partner or your group, and you can have that visual guidance, that visual reminder, just like Jill was saying, it can be really powerful. And and something we learned from James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, it's okay if you miss one day, but make it your goal to never miss two in a row. So if you do have a visual reminder, try not to break the streak, but if you do, don't break it twice. Mm, Beautiful. Number four on here is to prioritize your goal setting activities. So they reference that it is excellent to have goals, but actually executing on those goals is what's going to matter long term. Mm -hmm. And so for accountability to work, we actually have to have activities around how we are setting and achieving these goals. So actual tactical ways that will lead to outcomes in some strategized ways is going to be the secret to goal setting and goal achieving. So making sure that within our accountability partnerships and groups, that we actually have activities, steps, strategies around how we're going about this and that we're meeting and talking about the activities that we're doing in order to achieve those goals. Yeah, for us, we love challenges. We think a really great way to structure a partnership or group is around doing a shared challenge because it not it also breaks up the monotony of doing something for a long time. It takes a long time to pay off debt. It takes a long time to build a six-figure net worth. And if you can do things along that journey that break up the monotony, you have a far higher likelihood of staying engaged and sticking with it. So we, you know, love no spend challenge, pantry challenge, core values, budgeting, all kinds of challenges. And doing those things with a group keep you sticking with it, keep you sticking with the challenge so that at the end you've kind of like turbocharged your month or something to get to your ultimate goal faster. So it's like a win-win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. And you get to prioritize one thing at a time, too. When you're doing a challenge that's focused on one thing, then you don't get so overwhelmed by all of the things that you could be doing. And it just provides such a great guide and makes it fun and gamifies it. There's so many reasons why that's a good activity around goal setting. Yeah. The fifth one in what to do is to choose your partner or group wisely, making sure it works for you. And so there are a lot of different kinds of people doing different kinds of things, all ultimately trying to get to financial freedom. But even that looks different for a lot of different people. So you really, you have to choose people who are of similar interest they are as committed as you are. You've got similar values, can be available when you're available. Um, and that's like, I don't want to harp on it, but that was kind of our, when we launched Club BFF six months ago, 
that's what we wanted to provide. Like, because if you listen to Frugal Friends, somebody else who listens to Frugal Friends is going to have pretty similar goals and values and like interests. Like we find that our listeners are are generally cool people on the <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah, they are. You know, we've <laughs> cool, met Cool, fun. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't want to rag on other people's podcast listeners, but they're just like not as cool as you. <laughs> you know? And so we wanted to bring you together. I mean, mm-hmm. this is I'm a community a- <laughs> in and of itself for sure. There's so much yeah. more to be said about that. But and even within what is now financial freedom mentorship, we've got the opportunity to meet other people, right? Like you've got similar folks within the group, but then beyond that, we didn't want to just pair people up and assign them, but rather recognizing this very real factor that it's got to be a good fit. We Mm -hmm. have to choose who our smaller group of accountability people are going to be. And so we'll provide the platform for it, but we're not going to tell you exactly who you have to meet with every week. Absolutely. And I, I think Having somebody in person, if you could have somebody in person that you could meet with physically, that's ideal. That's Mm -hmm. first. Like if you could do that, do that. If that's not working, then here's an alternative. So like in financial freedom mentorship, that's our idea behind it. And you never know, you could meet somebody and then convince them to move to where you live. Like Jen did with me. It would take a podcast and roughly two and a half years of podcasting. And so start now. Start your podcast now. If you want to have a journey like us. That's the secondary message. Yeah, it's the secondary message of the show. Start a podcast. Well, let's talk about pitfalls. Sometimes it can go really great, but sometimes there's pitfalls along the way. And so you've heard me talk about priorities. One of the biggest pitfalls in accountability groups not going well is deprioritizing your accountability partnership or group. So we know that life can happen, right? And it can interrupt our momentum. Things can happen within our circumstances, some that's inside of our control, some that's outside of our control. But the key here is to be honest along the way with your group or with your partner. Otherwise, trying to fake it and trying to be, be in, act like you're invested when you're not actually invested can lead to resentment in mm-hmm. your partnerships or groups. People will see it. People will pick up on whether or not you're doing the thing or you're not doing the thing. So again, if, we're, if we want accountability and we want to be a part of that, the pitfall is deprioritizing it. If you really want that, we need to have ways to stick with it. And then to be honest and recognize when it has no longer become a priority, when it's no longer a big rock in our bucket, but a pebble or even water within our bucket. But we've got to be realistic when that happens and make shifts along the way. Yeah. And that's not a failure or a bad thing. There are seasons for Mm -hmm. every partnership. It's okay for a partnership to end if it's out of its season. That's totally okay. You have to be honest with yourself and be a good steward of your time and know what your monthly and quarterly goals are. And if something is has moved from a quarterly goal and the next quarter it's not in there, then maybe you just take some time off 
from that partnership. That's totally okay. So the next one, uh, second way to ruin your accountability group or partnership is to bring judgment and lack of empathy to your accountability structure. I think this is the number one rule that we would say is leave your judgment at the door and bring as much empathy to the potluck as possible. Mm-hmm. A friend, uh, he's saying, recently had an accountability experience. She had set a deadline to complete a large complex task, something she had never accomplished before. That's great. Make those big audacious goals. And she didn't make the deadline. And the response from her group members was unsupportive and judgmental. And her inability to meet the deadline was not due to lack of effort. So there's a there's a difference between like holding somebody accountable versus shaming them for not meeting a big goal. We want to feel freedom to set these bigger goals, even if we may. I set big goals all the time, and Jill has to be like, okay, our our real goal is half of that. (laughs) (laughs) So she's not keeping me down. She's just like keeping me grounded. (laughs) So there, you have to, are you the person who makes like outrageous goals? Are you the person that doesn't make big enough goals? You have to figure Mm -hmm. out which one of those people you are and your group members have to know. And y'all have to be empathetic with each other and know what kind of people y'all are and serve that and be that accountability. Because an accountability partnership is not just, I call you when I'm about to make an impulse buy at TJ Maxx so that you talk me off the ledge. Like, that's not it. It's Mm -hmm. sharing and vulnerability. It's vulnerability with protection. Yeah. So that we are not exploited, but we can grow. Yeah. (laughs) There is such a line to toe here because I think some cultures of accountability groups can find themselves in that space. And I don't think that anyone truly means malice. But when we do get into this space of, well, I don't want to enable you and you asked for me to toe the line and push and prod, then yeah, sometimes it can form this culture of no failure allowed, or you can't enter into this space unless you've accomplished X, Y, Z. And then what that just ultimately leads to is no one shows up anymore because gosh, Mm -hmm. if I've not reached this goal, how's that going to be received? So there definitely is a keeping a pulse on what is the culture that we're creating with this partnership or with this group where we are going to push one another, but not so far as to where there is shame and condemnation and zero acceptance of failure. And that that is a, a tension to hold, I think. But even, yeah, keeping each other accountable on that of what, where is there going to just be grace and freedom and permission for one another while we ask each other the hard questions? Well said. Do you know what else is well said that doesn't require much tension? That I never need accountability (laughs) to stick with. (laughs) Oh, it just always comes naturally. Yes. The The Bill Bill of the the Week. week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. 
This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Frugal Friends. This is Emily from Ithaca, New York, uh, calling us my Bill of the Week. Uh, this week, my dog ran out of one of his prescriptions, so I needed to call my vet and get a new script. Unfortunately, this is one of his pills that is a controlled substance, so I have to call the vet, go down and get a physical script, and then bring that to the pharmacy myself. And instead of receiving a call back from the vet saying that my script was ready, I got a text from the pharmacy saying that my script was ready. I went down there thinking, there's no way this is real. Usually, I have to jump through so many hoops to get this prescription filled. But it was real. My vet brought the script to the pharmacy, not only saving me time, but they also got me a better price. So the prescription that I just picked up was about $15 cheaper than I normally pay. And it's a monthly prescription. So I'm saving $15 a month, and I didn't have to go down to the vet to pick up the script and deliver it to the pharmacy. So they saved me time and money, which is not something you usually get with your vet. I freaking love my vet so much. And I was so excited. I had a call to tell you guys. And so with that money that I'm saving, that I'm going to pay it forward to my vet and bring them in some treats next week when I have to go in for uh, vaccines for my cat and my dog. So just wanted to call and tell you guys how much I love my vet and I'm saving money and I'm going to put that money towards something positive and that's within my values. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Bye. I love that you ended that with like putting it towards something that aligns with your values. It's like you did the homework. You knew the assignment and you did it. (laughs) I'm so proud. Oh, I'm so excited with you celebrating the savings of time and money. And then how you're choosing generosity with what you're saving. I know. I love that. To show gratitude. That's so, so amazing. $15 a month. That is nothing to sneeze at. That's excellent. I mean, especially if the prescription keeps your dog from sneezing. I don't know what it's for. I don't know what controlled substances <laughs> keep you from sneezing, but it's nothing to sneeze nothing at. to sneeze at. <laughs> Thank you so well, much for job. leaving that bill. If you want to submit your bill of the week, whether you saved money or you saved time and money, please visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and leave us your bill. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial.
Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. Nerd Wallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards, a free flight, a room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Nerd Wallet, finance smarter. And now it's time for lightning round. lightning round. So today, we're going to do something new and we're going to get vulnerable. <laughs> That's not new. <laughs> something but brand spanking Something new. unique. Uh, we're going to share how accountability has helped us personally in our journeys to financial freedom, which we both... I think we both feel like we have reached. I don't know. I mm-hmm. won't put that on you, Jill, but I feel like you have. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. Look at me. Look at me over here. I, d- I see I you. I just got I many see- splits installed with all my financial freedom. Oh, for That's sure. For, for, I feel for those of us free. who live in Florida, those are air conditionings. Yeah. Air conditionings. All my European central. friends know exactly what's happening over here. I bet people in the north do too. Probably. There's no central Maybe. AC. Maybe it's definitely no it, no central AC heat, window units, baseboard heat. I mean, well, yeah. It's it's not super common to do mini splits. I think Oh, okay. But it's becoming more and more common in the US, but Asian countries, European countries, mini splits are quite uh, common. Oh, I apologize for my ignorance. No, that's uh, okay. <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, vulnerability. Back to vulnerability. Tell me about it. <laughs> Be there with me. Oh, yes. Financial freedom. Uh, okay. So, what has accountability afforded us personally? I think, in so many ways, I would say I've got accountability across a variety of spheres. I think with you, Jen, and with what we've built with Frugal Friends, I have so much more financial accountability than ever before through the podcast. I think it took a big uptick when we did start our financial freedom mentorship, Club BFF previously. Just even more knowing that there's going to be people checking in with me, knowing that I'm going to be talking about finances and someone's going to be asking me the hard questions (laughs) has helped me. And I know I've referenced this plenty of times, but I think it fits here. Just me starting a Roth IRA and thinking about retirement, that never would have been on my radar if it hadn't have been for what I would consider to be like a a partnership, not just a business partnership, but I think accountability partnership with you financially, that that's massive. And I'm going to experience the long-term effects of that in, what did we set it for? 2053. (laughs) I'll be so grateful for this accountability and what it's afforded me. And then I think accountability within the, the mental health space that you know, is my day job and my my partnerships and groups that happen there. And then the accountability that I experience within my marriage, just so many different places. 
what I will say ultimately is it keeps me in check knowing that people know some of the decisions that I'm making and whether or not I'm making beneficial healthy decisions or non-beneficial decisions. And sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it, but ultimately it is leading to good things. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love that. I'm I want you to remember me even if in 30 years like we don't speak to each other. Don't uh, say which that. I hope that doesn't happen. But even still if that happens for some reason, I still want you to look back at our relationship and say, "I'm thankful for that." Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Whatever transpires between us, Jen, you are the reason that I have a retirement investment account. So, can't, so I, I that's can't one of the greatest achievements of you. my life. <laughs> yes. I love that. I that is a, a top three for sure. So I think for me, I will echo that this show has been a great form of accountability. I think all the way back to starting my blog and kind of joining the personal finance community, I think I've seen it go too far in which like. People, some people are okay sharing everything they spend mm-hmm. on the internet and on Instagram and everything they make, which may or not may not be healthy. And I'm not necessarily one of those people, but I do love sharing with you guys the times that I do well and the times that I don't do well so that we can share in that up and down of the journey. And know that you the you, the people you follow on Instagram and the podcasters you listen to are not perfect, and I want to be the first one to tell you. That. I want you to learn that from me. <laughs> uh, we've gotten we've gotten inside look at some of these folks and yeah. ourselves to know that we're not. I sometimes perfect. feel like the worst. I feel like I might be like the the worst one out there, but. I, I, it's definitely given me accountability to, to be better for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with like my accountability partnership, I think Travis and I have such a strong financial partnership. Like while we were paying off debt, having a live in accountability partner is, is top tier. Highly recommend, highly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, Everything else would come would be second best to that. Yeah. Empathy for those who don't have that currently in yes. their, in their so, partner. So but. no, I do believe it is hard. I mean, not just financially, like income wise, but it is harder to pay off debt when you are single or don't have somebody who's on board who you're sharing like income with. It is significantly harder and don't let anybody tell you that it's not. Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't have been motivated to pay off my debt or even started to pay off my debt without him, his encouragement and support. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's been the most significant one in my life. Which I think speaks to the research that we talked about, right? Those who are are in your immediate circle, but then even beyond that. So of course, it's going to be difficult if you don't have somebody in your immediate circle who has 
you know, a similar goal, much less all the others around you. And so that I wonder, I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but, you know, if you don't have a partner who's on board, then it becomes even more important to surround yourself with people who are on board with you, because that mm-hmm. that not only will help influence you and motivate you, but that could, I mean, backdoor influence your partner, right? To go, if that's the understanding that that research is providing, that you're going to mm-hmm. influence them by who you're surrounded by. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Whoa. Amen. All right. Well, that's Amen. a whole other podcast episode, but. Absolutely. That we maybe we will up. do one day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I also, I want to say, just because it's harder if you're single and you don't have that live-in accountability partner, or if your partner is like anti-budget, it doesn't mean it cannot be done. I want you to remember that. I want you yeah. know that it is harder, but you can still do it. Like the length mm. of time that it takes you to do it does not matter in the long run. Amen. That doesn't matter. So Amen. it may take a little longer, but stick with it. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for being a part of our community, being a part of the reason why we have gained financial freedom it is definitely thanks in part to you, for sure. So we are so thankful for you. And your friendship is not just for a season. It's long-term, mm, baby. It's agree. long-term. Yes. Um, and so thank you for leaving your kind reviews on Apple Podcasts like this one from Co2012. Oh, God. that I don't want to talk about the flashbacks that that name gives me. It's an invisible children joke. That Jill will Jill will get, but probably no one else listening will. Uh, it says, love it. Listening is like sitting down for lunch with your best girlfriends and talking about frugal living. Love how you all discuss debt from different perspectives instead of just one method. Well, thank you, Co2012. Wow, amazing. And I love that you associate us with lunchtime. That's absolutely my favorite lunch. Ugh, just associating us with food in general. That's we also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode on Instagram, we're adding you to our monthly drawing for every five tags and reviews we get each month. We give away $50 for you to spend in the frugal friends shop. Yes. And that has all those workbooks with the challenges. So if you have a friend that you want to do a challenge with, definitely get on up in there for the challenge workbooks that you have something to do together. Keep leaving us reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Send the screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to tag us on social. We do see it in our DMs. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. I'm so excited about financial freedom and mentorship related Girl, to so accountability. I. Mm. I I love this is something we have created the thing I wish was available when I was paying mm-hmm. off debt. And mm-hmm. it took us years to figure out what that would be. Like what would be worth paying for? Honestly, like when finances are so tight, and you don't have a lot to spare, what's going to be something that's 
going to amplify the limited resources you have to work with. And and this is it. Mm -hmm. It was fun. I mean, I'm so glad that our episodes are not commercials and that's intentional, but it was fun for me to look at all of the tips that were listed out in that second article and realize like, oh, this is what financial freedom mentorship provides. Reciprocity, mm -hmm. groups, being able to pick who your best fit is, challenges, fun, accountability, prioritizing. It just like had all of the things. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I mean there's, we have there are this, things. Yay. Yeah. We've been doing since July, but like we're all intentionally designed. So it's like that. Mm -hmm. It's like you could just do it on your own and just like get a workbook. That's kind of the cheapest option. And that's great. If you have somebody like that, you know, already that you could do that with. Cool. Do that. If you don't, then you've got financial freedom mentorship where you also not only have the accountability, but you get the twice monthly uh, Q&As with us and like our guest experts that we bring in. And then if you need more than that, you could hire a financial coach, which is not us. Mm -hmm. We don't do financial coaching, mm -hmm. but that's kind of more the one-on-one -on -one if you like really need some, you know, in intense yeah. stuff. For a season, but I think that is mm -hmm. the thing. Like a coach should be for, I mean, I would hope less than a year, even less than six months should get you over a hump if yeah. that's what you need. For, for coaching, it's usually about three months. And most most people that I know charge at least $600 for three months of coaching. Yeah. yeah. But the more long-term, and I love what we've established in our mentorship program with the goal of seeing all of our members up until their net six figures worth. Mm -hmm net worth yeah. of six figures. I love, love, love that goal. And, you know, maybe beyond, but I think anybody who's in that debt payoff, just wrapping up debt payoff into the investment stages, kind of considering next steps, that is our listenership. And I love that if, if you engage in this mentorship program, that's our goal to see you get to that point. Yeah. I mean, I felt... Like I had whiplash when we finished mm -hmm. paying off debt mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to go, where to do. I had no one to turn to. There was nothing for me anymore because there was all this support and all this stuff on the internet about what to do, you know, to pay off debt, to save money, earn more and stuff. But so I needed like motivation and accountability on the journey. Like I didn't need to know what to do. I just needed like support while I was doing it. And I actually needed even more support when I was done and had to transition. I had to figure out for myself, okay, what are my next steps? Do I want to listen to what this person is telling me? Or is there something else? Like, mm -hmm. And that's where I found the um, personal finance podcast world was around that time. And it was so helpful. But to have had... An, a trusted expert, like, to mm -hmm. ask questions to whenever, like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I could have well, saved myself a lot of time and heartache. Look at us. We're so jazzed about this topic. We're like creating an additional episode. Beyond I know. The we, should probably, we should probably <laughs> go. Yeah. We're just we're just so excited. All yeah. Right. But well, I mean, yeah, January 2nd, doors close. Happy New Year. Love you guys. Bye.
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.